0: From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast, the research and insights that give God the glory, refutes evolution, and gives you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. The word rest mentioned in Hebrews 4, 1-11 has been used by a number of progressive creationists as evidence that the Bible can be reconciled with the billions of years postulated by evolutionists and uniformitarians. Because this passage includes a quotation from Genesis 2, verse 2, God's rest has been equated with the seventh day of creation. I'll go ahead and read Hebrews 4, 1-11 for context. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterward, in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would have spoken of another day later on, So then there remains a sabbath day of rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall from the same sort of disobedience. Considering God has been resting from his creative work since the time of creation, it is argued that the seventh day is still continuing and is therefore not a 24-hour day. These same progressive creationists then argue that if the seventh day was not a literal 24-hour day, then the other six days are also not 24-hour days. However, this argument is based on faulty exegesis, a total neglect of the historical and literary context, and is therefore fundamentally flawed. The notion of rest is first mentioned in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 11, which is part of a quotation from Psalm 95, 7 through 11, regarding the unbelief of the Israelites after they fled from Egypt, mentioned in chapter 3 verse 18. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. God punished them by not allowing any adult over 20, apart from Caleb and Joshua, to enter his rest, which was the land of Canaan, the promised land. Read Numbers 14, 28, and 35. In Hebrews 4.1, the author states that the promise of entering God's rest still stands. However, verses 2 and 3 make it clear that he is now talking about entering the kingdom of God rather than possessing the land. Because of this, the promised land is set up as a type of the kingdom and both may be referred to as God's rest. In Hebrews 4.4, the author quotes Genesis 2.2 to point out that the invitation to enter God's rest has not just been there since the time of Exodus, but has actually been there ever since the creation of the world. The Greek word translated rested is an aorist active indicative verb, the same word used in the Septuagint's translation of Genesis 2.2 to render another Hebrew word a vav consecutive imperfect. It is important to note that the primary sense of the word translated rested is that of ceasing from labor and coming to a state of rest. The two most respected Greek lexicons give the definitions. Cause to stop, bring to an end, to cease one's work or activity, resulting in a period of rest. The Hebrew word also has a similar meaning, cease, desist, rest or cease, stop and stop working. And the exact same form of the verb is translated as stopped in Joshua chapter 5 verse 12 and Job 32, 1. Note also the prepositional phrase, from all his work. God did not simply stop or rest. He stopped or rested from all his work. In biblical Greek, the aorist tense is generally used to refer to an event without actually saying anything specific about its nature or duration. However, in the indicative mood, the aorist usually indicates past time. Therefore, based on the grammar of Genesis 2:2 2, 2 and Hebrews chapter 4 verse 4, all that can be said for sure about this rest is that God rested on the seventh day, which was in the past. It is not possible to determine from the grammar alone how long this rest lasted or whether it is still in progress. The specific nature of this rest must be determined from the context. Since God ceased from all his creative work in the past and has not created again, it is fair to conclude that God is still resting from his creative work. Note, however, that the aorist indicative can have an ingressive sense, that is, the focus is on the beginning of the action or an entrance into a state. Given that God is still resting from his creative work, the author of Hebrews and the translators of the Septuagint appear to be focusing on the fact that on the seventh day, God began to rest. Note also that the Hebrew word, a vav consecutive imperfect, can have a similar meaning. Therefore, God's rest should be viewed as a long period of time beginning with the seventh day of creation, not as equivalent to the seventh day. Note also that this reference to creation confirms that the author has gone beyond the events of the Exodus and that the kingdom of God is now in view. We'll continue exploring the meaning of God's rest right after a short break. In 1978, there were few resources for Christians who wanted to defend their belief in Biblical creation. So, at that time, Dr. Carl Wieland founded Creation Magazine, which would eventually become the most widely read creation publication in the world. To celebrate 40 years of cutting-edge creation content, our writers around the world have collected articles from across the history of this groundbreaking publication, some with important updates, into a full-color coffee-table style book titled Defending Genesis. Some of the articles address the following. Archaeopteryx. Is it a transitional form or a true flying bird? Amazing motorized germs which show evolution is impossible. Does the Bible really teach that the earth is 6,000 years old? Jesus Christ is our creator. What did he believe about origins? So take a journey through the history of Creation magazine with Defending Genesis. Get this great book at creation.com slash store. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 makes it clear that those who believe will enter God's rest, and this concept is picked up again in verses 9 through 11. Verse 10 contains a couple of important grammatical features, but regrettably this verse is often poorly translated in English versions. The first element of interest is the relationship in the wording, especially in regard to their timing. The word for rest is an aorist active indicative denoting an action, or the beginning of an action in past time. Another is an aorist active participle, and therefore inherits its timing from the main verb. This is highlighted in the New American Standard Bible's translation. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God from his. This rendering is certainly the most accurate reflection of the timing of entering and resting. The other grammatical feature is the inclusion of the word did in the second clause. Although the word did is not actually in the text itself, as indicated by the italics of the King James Version, it rightly belongs there. The supply of an understood verb is a common occurrence in Greek. This phenomenon is known as an ellipsis and often occurs when clauses are conjuncted. The missing verb in the second clause is understood by the same verb as in the first clause. In this case, the understood verb is, as we noted earlier, an aorist active indicative denoting an action or beginning of an action in the past time. Translations such as the New International Version, New American Standard Bible, New Revised Standard Version, Revised Standard Version, and New King James Version are correct in rendering it as, just as God did from His. Again, this is an understood word, not an added word. Greek and English have very different grammars, so a literal word-for-word translation is often not a very accurate one, and in some cases, not even possible. Here's where it gets interesting. In light of this, verse 10 would best be translated, For anyone who has entered God's rest has also rested from his work, just as God did from his. People who believe will enter God's rest and cease to do their own work just as God ceased to do his. This does not mean that God has been idle, since Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully man, continuously upholds his creation. See Colossians 1.16-17 and Jesus stated that his Father is working, read John 5.17. Rather, the completion of creation marks the end of a magnificent whole. Leon Morris writes, There was nothing to add to what God had done, and he entered a rest from creating, a rest marked by the knowledge that everything that he had made was very good. So we should think of the rest as something like the satisfaction that comes from accomplishment, from the completion of a task, from the exercise of creativity. There is also a sense in which entering the kingdom of God implies a ceasing from one's own work and resting securely on what Christ has done. Indeed, Jesus himself spoke about rest for the souls of men. I'll read Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The word rest of Hebrews 4 clearly refers to the kingdom of God. This type of rest was alluded to right back at the time of creation, as well as at the time of the Exodus. Nowhere in the text is it equated with the seventh day of creation, nor is there any grammatical or contextual data suggesting any such equation. Thus, the progressive creationists claim that the seventh day of creation is still continuing is without any exegetical foundation whatsoever, making it a worthless argument for non-literal creation days. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell, and produced out of the U.S. Studio of Creation Ministries International. Learn more at creation.com. This episode's article was written by Andrew S. Kulikovsky. Our writers and scientists host a really cool talk show called creation.com talk, which you can find right here in your podcast app or YouTube. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter making a donation at creation.com donate. You can also help out by telling your family and friends to check out our podcasts and creation.com. Be sure to follow Creation Ministries International on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our free e-newsletter from everyone at creation.com. Thanks for listening.